Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. It is the Love Is segment, y'all, with Fahim Gori, Cherie Syfax, and myself, uh, Cherie, before we get started, I'm going to give you five minutes because the folks are just going off. Congratulations to you and Tracy. Y'all have made national news with bookers out here <laughs> doing the diggity dang thing. We on WURD Radio is so <laughs> darn proud. And I wanted to, I want us to take a little bit of credit because every Thursday we come on, we just talking about bookers and sending the people to bookers. <laughs> folks are showing up, right? And so I'm just grateful that you were here and that you all have come into our communities and that you are you have been an, uh, a light in the middle of all the things that have been happening here. What would you like to add to that, my darling? Oh my goodness, thank you. February has been such a blessing. January was a challenge, if I may say, and there were some times when I was like, woo, you know, between the, the first storm that blew off the outside, the, the second snowstorm has been colder than it's been since I've been here, and all those things impact business. When people can't come out or don't come out or it's too cold to come out, it all impacts business. That's not even to tell you are just stuff has happened. <laughs> so to usher in February was such um wonderful exposure, wonderful um acceptance and embracing people embracing us, people are calling like, hey, is this the place for the people? <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's a reminder that so many people do not know that we are there. So many people do not know that we are there, but it's a blessing because we could not have afforded to pay for that type of advertising. From the spin when they talk about Black History Month and they bring us in to the amount of times that they did the the teasing to they're still showing it. It's been, I have a girlfriend in Puerto Rico who saw it. So I am like just humbled in so much gratitude. Because, and, and then there's another piece, but because in a world, like you said, that can be dark. Yes. You're just reminded of the light in those moments of like, Ooh, this we've taken on, we've taken on a lot. We have taken on a lot, but um, too much uh, to whom much is given. Um, much is required, but also in that, um, you attract and you get the things that you put out. So if this is just an example of what we put out, then I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and humbled by all of it. People, you know, uh, it was, uh, hold on. (laughs) Excuse me. Sarita Scott that said to me, a couple of weeks ago when we were in Kauai, she said, people make entrepreneurship seem like the thing to do and that um, it frees you up, she says, but it can be a gilded cage because there's so much work that has to come out of being an entrepreneur and people don't understand that. They think you just open up and close and blah, 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 right? Um, And it's a ton of work and I had to agree with her. We make it look like, you know, it's this fabulous thing that... Just nothing but good come out of it. What I appreciate about you when we have our conversations every Thursday is that you're telling us, yo, can you please give black businesses a little bit of a break? Can you help us here? This is why we're doing the things that we're doing, et cetera, et cetera. So you have also taught while you were learning from the people here, right? And and what I have noticed is as a direct result of that, if someone has an issue or had any kind of a small issue, they call me first. And said, let me talk. It's it's so nice, right? 
Because we know we love to blow up our businesses. And it's always something simple that can be rectified if you call the person first. Nobody's 100% perfect. And so what I kept saying was, give the business, uh, <laughs> being an entrepreneur is not, you're right, Marguerite Boyd. I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I only worked for an organization one year. And the woman who was the executive director said, I don't know if we can work together because when people talk to you, they think you're the executive director. That's what she said to me. <laughs> and that you could literally run this place with your eyes closed. After that, I was like, you know what? I'm going back to um, entrepreneurship. And, and, and so when you are someone who is steadfast in doing what you do and you believe in a quality and an uh, 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 ethical way of doing your work, you can't work with everybody. So <clears throat> when folks ask me to come work with them, I'm like, yeah, I'll give you a contract, but I'm not, no, not walking into your organization because I'm not buying into the political foolishness. So I'm just grateful for the, for the both of you, your transparency, your honesty, all that is happening. And we just yeah. wish you nothing but continued success as you Yeah, I mean, we had a power outage. When you have a power outage at a restaurant, you've got to close. And some people did not, some, and we got everybody's information to pay us. Some people have not paid us. And that's okay. That's okay. But that's, that's real life. And that's, you know, and that's what happens. I mean, so, and, and it's never a dull moment. It's never, but, but the blessings are, they, they just come back. And, and I'm going to say this too, um, because I, I'm going to talk about last night as well, but the way you have stood for us, um, is been amazing. So often we talk about black women and the divisiveness and all that, but I'm gonna tell you black women that were behind making sure that we got that kind of love on the air. And I'm not gonna say names just because I like people's privacy, but they know who the, they know who they are. One person is listening to us right now. Um, it's been beautiful because sometimes people um, look at me or us and they don't feel like we deserve, you know, something because either, you know, whatever the, their own issues are. And I love that so many black women have been like elevating us. Yeah. Been elevating us. And, and we're not and going I, to stop. We're not going to stop. We're and I'm so appreciative. Stop. I'm yeah. so appreciative uh, because I was having a moment the other night <clears throat> and you know, with, when Jay-Z recognized Beyonce at the, at the Grammys and the fact that she has a one album of the year. And it's so interesting because multiple times people have, I mean, Adele co-opted herself and was like, I shouldn't have won this. Beyonce should have won it for Lemonade. And then, you know, Kanye with the Taylor Swift thing. But there was so many visceral, there were so many visceral comments about she didn't deserve it and don't. Yes, and my wife. just a part of the privileged and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, we are our worst enemy, I'm telling you. Oh, it, it, I, and I, 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 it made me cry. I literally was in our house crying and saying, are we that broken? Yeah, we are. Are we that damaged? We are. I've been fortunate to maybe surround myself around beautiful people. So I just didn't realize until, you know, this broader social media platform has come out. And, and even with that, before I got married to Tracy, I kept that small. So I didn't see a lot and it's just gotten bigger over the years. And so, you know, you people see you and they want to friend you and you let them. And then I've had to unfriend people. I've had to, I've had to hide people. I've had to unfriend That's people hard. because what you won't do is, vilify another black woman that you don't even know because none of us even know them. 
And what, what? And, what, and what we say, Cherie, is, oh, my God, they're making money now. They're living in a gilded cage. They need to sit down and shut up. If that's not the point. That as hard as they have worked, as hard as, as they could. As hard as they have worked. And if you notice on the Grammys, I did not watch it, but every time I saw a highlight, black folk just singing and entertaining everybody. We're so damn, what's the word I'm looking for? Gifted and talented. And yet it is not recognized in the rewards that are given. It's happening in school districts. It's, it's happening everywhere in our lives. And so for us to say Jay-Z should have sit down and shut up because he's coming from a gilded gate just tells me how broken we really are. I was yeah, and just the attack on her. I, I had some people like uh, laugh and do the laughing emojis, and you know she's evil anyway. I'm glad Taylor Swift. I'm like, and why would they even do that? I awesomely love you. Why do we believe that successful black people have to be in a Illumina or whatever? They have to have some special demonic. The devil. It's the devil Why they call it. Why does the devil have I to don't black know, people that have elevated? Why do we not understand and believe in our own hustle and grind and talent and doing the thing? Why does our people have to be in some weird demonic secret society if they reach a level of success. I don't know if they are or not because well, I don't know those people at all. <laughs> yeah. But what? But I really, if I don't know them, I really don't know their Caucasian counterparts. So there's no way that I'm rooting for their Caucasian counterparts over them. Yeah. And I just do not understand it and it bro brought me to tears. One, because my girlfriend had just sent me a beautiful gift for my birthday and I was just saying how thankful I am for the people around me and two, because it just disheartened me about who and where we are. The system has done a job on us and they no longer have to do it because we are doing it to each they other now. The seeds. They planted the seeds and we have fertilized and it and bloomed. Let that, that thing grow yep. and let that thing grow. So again, shout out to the sisters that are standing in the gap for all of us. And then lastly, and I, and I want to say another shout out to Erin Hayes. Erin is a you know Erin because she's in the media. Last night, Joy Reid came to town and Aaron brought her to the restaurant. We, we, yes, so just Aaron, my girl. Yes. Yeah. So make sure you get Megger and Merle. Beautiful love story. She tells their love story. She talks a lot about Merle because as usual, the husbands get a lot of the shine, but it's the wives that are in the, behind them, whether it's Coretta Scott King, whether it's Dr. Betty Shabazz. So shout out to Aaron because she, we didn't even ask. And the funny thing was, I was like, I would love for Joy to come. And I was like, maybe I should check you with Erin. And I didn't. And got to the place. She was like, we're coming after work. So shout out to that and my staff for staying open because we never asked them to do that. But it was just such a treat. It was such a treat. We just sat back and talked politics. It was such yeah. a treat. Yeah. And I am just thankful to these Black women in spaces that are holding me and Tracy and Booker's up. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, my sister. It was a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad to hear that Joy Reid was in town. Next time she come, call me, okay? Because I'd like to talk to her. <laughs> and good to have she was at Uncle Bobby's. Every... This is her second time bringing her book tour to, to Philly. Oh, at Uncle, God. Uncle See, my head is filled with Mr. Sanders right now. So I'm missing I know. a lot of things. So y'all going to have to reach out to me and tell me. Because if I knew she was at Uncle Bobby's, I would have gone over there. Um, to 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 see her and to get her book. And you would have, um, it would have been wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm so excited that you kept Booker's open too. This is what I'm talking about. 
This is yeah. what we're, we're, we're living for. Um, Fahim had a guest that was coming on. Have you heard from her yet, Fahim? Not yet. I'm reaching out, but uh, she no, probably she probably yet. still fast asleep. So, what are we talking about today, Prince? Because you know, Prince like to love little stuff in the middle of mushroom, <laughs> let it mushroom up into the atmosphere. So, Prince called this morning and said, um, uh, a guy was dating a woman. Uh, found out that she had fibroid issues going back and forth with her after three. He dumped her because he didn't feel like he had to be with her because he's a guy with means and had money. And as much as I was cringing as he was talking, that happens a lot. There's a lot of guys who are making a ton of money. Women too, maybe. I don't, you know, I hear women telling me what guys are doing with them that are making a ton of money and the, the relationships have become transactional. Have you ever been a part of a transactional relationship that you thought was love, Sheree? Probably, yeah. I think I think the relationship I talk about in the book with the lawyer when I was for ten years, like that was a very financially transactional relationship. I don't know that I looked at it in that way at that time, but with maturity and with hindsight, that was probably transactional. Yes, yeah. And, and what made you realize that it was transactional? What were the things that he was doing that made you realize that it was a transactional relationship? Well, because I, I, I had to be truthful with myself and realize that, you know, we weren't nurturing a healthy relationship. He had, um, he had means. I had children that I needed things to do to, to give them the life I wanted to give them. My children, um, just a little back, my children ran track and my, they were like number one, number three in the country in their sports and all that stuff. So we, they were on several USA teams and we would go out of the country. And the way that works is you go to a track meet to compete to get on it, or you may be, you may be a named to it, but either way, they only gave you two or three weeks to prepare. Of course, team um, USA, USA track and field pays for the athlete. But if the parent wants to go to the Czech Republic, we went to Ostrava, we went to, um, we went to Poland, uh, Big Dosh Poland. We went to other places. So if the parent wants to go, you got to put that yourself. So he was always there making sure I had a ticket to go where, wherever the kids were going. And and so, yeah, I think I had started relying on him being that financial gap. You know, I was a single parent living in Oakland with two children in private school. So again, anytime there was any lack, you know, he was always there. So I think, I think of the relationship was a little bit more than transactional, but at the base and at its root, yeah, it was transactional. I, there were things that I needed, things he supplied, and I didn't, I didn't challenge his behavior because of the things that he provided me and my children. That's real talk. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah. really appreciate that. Uh, Fahim, do you know of anyone, any transactional relationships like the one we're talking about right now? Uh, I, I do. I've, I've had some, uh, some female friends that have been in those situations to where because you know a, a lot of women ask you know when they talk about the type of man they want a lot of women say oh you know like you know i want a successful you know man making money you know um today's society with all these like reality shows you you see the women where you know they're with the men that pretty much <coughs> take care of everything and you just see them sitting by the pool sipping champagne and shopping all day and and, and that's like the lifestyle that you know you <laughs> see a lot of today's women wanting like oh i want to live like that and and it's and I actually know, uh, you know, a handful of, of women through my life who they had that opportunity. Like they ended up, you know, having a relationship with a, a wealthy, well-off man. And for a couple of them, it was 
the worst relationship they've ever had. Yeah. Like they they had, you know, like, yes, you're living with money, but, I, you know, one of them was with a guy that was just extremely controlling, mm-hmm. where she felt like she had no freedom. Uh, another guy was just, you know, very uh kind of narcissistic and you know it's it's a it's a lot you know sometimes it's a lot that that comes with that you don't you don't see the the overall picture because you know always somebody i forgot where i heard this from but um somebody was basically saying this is why sometimes a a lot of times it's better to be with a man as he accumulates wealth than to meet a man when he's already wealthy because he said um if you meet a man that already has everything well then to him you're just more stuff he can always mm. get more stuff. Wow. I remember my first husband saying just that to me when we were married. He was just he was up and coming. You know, he had a second job. He was doing, you know, all the things to make sure that he could take care of his family. And on this side of it, where he's a multimillionaire, he said to me, the only person that I would trust that actually know me and would love me for me is you. Because everybody else has met me, you know, when I'm making the money, they've left other people, you know, they've gotten into these transactional relationships with him. He can have as many women as he wants at, at any point because, you know, they've seen the seeing the penthouse, they've seen the five cars, they've seen the, but I met him when I was with him, he was, you know, working a full-time job and working as a security guard at night, right? So I, we, we worked together to help him to get to where he is. And I have to tell you all that, those kinds of transactional relationships. I wasn't in a transactional relationship with him because, you know, I helped him to grow, but I walked away because I was so unhappy. And I remember someone who was my dearest friend at the time saying to me, I would have never with that kind of money that he's making. I was like, yeah, but my peace of mind means a whole lot more. So I was, I would, I would, I would rather live in a corner of a one bedroom apartment than sit in a relationship that made me feel so uncomfortable, no matter how much money they were making. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is, it is, it is why when I met my husband, even though he was doing his own thing and I was doing my own thing, I w- it, his, it was his heart, not the mm-hmm. money, not the way he dressed, not the way. And, 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 it, and it has worked out beautifully for us because when one of us is down, the other one picks right up and does what needs to be hap- happen. But to Prince's point, y'all are walking away from relationships because, oh, he stopped making money. Oh, she not doing what she's supposed to. She can't have children. So I'm just going to walk away. Right. And so we have we're talking about we want love, but we're not talking to each other in a way that would get us the kind of love that we want. Every damn thing is transactional. And I don't understand why. Yeah. And I think you you have to be careful um, to be mindful because I think money tends to make pers- a person more of who they are. So if they don't have good character or if they have some brokenness or some unhealed wounds, then having the money just kind of exposes that. My ex. um definitely had some some brokenness and um you know he was actually somewhat there were times when I started to come into this trying to hold him accountable and have these conversations but you know he kind of was I pay the cost to be the boss type you know attitude and as a result um you know he had little desire or interest to, you know, make any changes or any adjustments. And Marguerite said transactional relationships come at a cost. And they do. They do. They absolutely do. I, I, I think yep. that, um, I think that, you know, people who are looking to be the power couple, you know, I, I know people use that word and a lot of people reference Tracy and I in that way, you know, and, and I, and I hope they think, I hope they think we're a power couple, be- not not necessarily because what they see with the veneer, uh, I mean, not the veneer, with the external, but the things that they see us do. Um, like today, I'm going to Powell Elementary School again. We're partnering with them again, giving them gift cards next 
Friday we'll be at Hardy High doing the same thing and talking on career day. Um, you know, I, I hope I hope people see believe we're powerful because of our impact. And I think I said that in a piece, like seeing people like us making real impact and not just uh, doing all the things that a certain level of, of money or finance or wealth um, gets you. Um, you know, we, t- we talked last last time about people uh, helping helping men. Would you loan a man something? Do we have that conversation? And I, yeah, and I started. Hold, hold on, hold on, okay. buddy, hold on, because we're going to get okay. right into that. You are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, <clears> on air. <throat> And online at wordradio.com. <laughs> Voice fail me not. I am Andrea Noble Sanders. We will be back with Sharice Syfax. <coughs> Excuse me. And Fahim Gori right after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host. And we are in the middle of having our Love Is segment with Fahim Gori, Cherie Syfax, and myself. And Cherie was getting ready to jump into a conversation about uh, loaning men money. And, and how women are like, I'm not doing that. He's supposed to X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, we, speaking about men with uh, money and I, I talked last time we had that conversation because it was with Joy. I mean, not Joy. It was um, Gail King talking about she loaned the guy the $4,000. Did we talk about that? That was that conversation. Yeah. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and I look at where Tracy and I are today. Um, and Tracy is an entrepreneur, a pure entrepreneur. And there, and there was a time when... I needed to close the fill in the gap for him. And I did without any hesitation or reservation Um, because a, he had shown me who his, who he was from a character perspective um, and showed me what he and how he would do and for me. And um, you know, that, that moment that's come full circle and that's so important to me because I hear Again, so people have this visceral reaction. Some of us have this visceral reaction to giving men anything. And I'm just trying to, un- I don't understand quite why. Mm-hmm. Because one, if he, if he gives it to you and he does not give it back, he's showing you who he is. So you can make a decision, a very informed decision. Mm-hmm. Um, two, you sometimes reap. You have to sow. You may reap elsewhere. Because that's just how life works. That's the cycle of life. And that's how energy works and, and all that. Um, so if he didn't give it back to me, A, I would have known who he was. So I would not have had to move on with him in, in a ranch relationship. B, I know I, I would have sown somewhere else. But C, just in case, just in case he was that amazing person that he is, I would be where I am today in a beautiful home that he built with his own hand, you know, being an owner operator of an amazing restaurant and just being so aligned with the person that I'm supposed to be with so that every day I wake up with confidence and trust and peace of mind that I know that I have an amazing man that really takes care of me, my heart, me monetarily, my children, and all the things that he does for me. So that was just me loaning him because he paid me back, loaning him money that I had. Right, right. And I, and I, and I just, I don't, I don't understand, I don't quite understand 
So this, this is, but this division. is where, but this is where we use our God-given instincts, right? Absolutely. And, and you have to be willing to be in a place where you're open to uh, having that kind of conversation. And if we as women are open and willing to take money from men to get our hair done and our nails done and all the other things that are happening out here and to put us in a fancy restaurant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then why is it such a terrible thing if the man that you're dating wants to borrow some money from you, right? They're not asking us to get that money back when they give it to us. And I say- They're not. Right? They are not. So I, I have <laughs> to ask the question now. Uh, Fahim, let's talk about this. Friend got married, uh, several children, they got a divorce and the hate between them where the children are pulled all the way in children were came and the, 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 the one spouse came and had the, the cops come and pull the children out of the house claiming the other spouse is abusing. Was there all, was there ever love there? How could love turn to hate so quickly? Hmm. What are your thoughts, Fahim? Um, because I think they still love each other. That That's, that's pretty much what it is. Like, you know, that's why they say thin line between love you and You call the cops, have me arrested, say that I'm not a good mother. You love me when you do that? Well, it's 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 because they, if not both of them, somebody still loves the other and they don't, you know, they don't, they don't want to let it go. It's, I, I just found that like when two people are fully over each other, like I, I, I don't want to be with you regardless of anything. You don't want to be with me regardless of anything. Very rarely do you see that type of emotion going into something because you're both at peace. The the only the only time where you see all this conflict and tension is when somebody doesn't want to let the situation go. And, but and you're it, destroying lives and impacting yeah. the children. Yeah, you you it are. Doesn't make sense. Are. It does. It yeah. does not make sense to me. And those poor babies are now embroiled in this craziness. It's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. You know, Cherie, uh, we, we talk a lot about relationships and what it means. And we have a lot of judgment and we, I'm, I would have never, and I'm not, and I need a man that, you know, I, I'm so sick of hearing this. I need us to stop saying this. I need somebody that six feet tall, fine as wine, you know, make X amount of money. We, we just, we need to look at the heart of people. Right. Because so often we end up in these bad relationships that end up in divorce because all we saw was the six foot blah, 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 fine as whatever. I remember when my son was crossing over as a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity and I went up to his university. It was at Penn State um, to see him cross over, you know, me, his brothers, blah, 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 blah. And when he finally crossed over, the, a couple girls wa- pushed me out of the way to get to my son. And he looks and he says, wait a minute, that lady that you just pushed out of the way was my mother. I have nothing else left to say to you. Thank you for coming. I thought that was so cool. He said, well, mommy, if they're going to treat people that way, they're showing me who they are as people. Oh, you know, that's not something that I want to do. The woman that he ended up marrying, he fusses and complains that she acts just like me. I said, I did not choose her. You chose her. Right. So he's you were. We have to be mindful as parents. What we are showing our children and the example of what we're showing our children, because mm-hmm. she holds him down every single day and he holds her down. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't have their disagreements, but she got sick as a dog. He had the four month old, got the twins to school, cleaning up her vomit, all of that. And then he got sick as a dog. I'm like, I'm not coming to that house. Y'all go ahead. I will send you something uh, uh, to the door, some soup and some whatever else. But to watch them hold each other down in the middle mm-hmm. of all of this stuff. That's what it is all about. We love you until I love you until you get sick. 
I love you until you're diagnosed with cancer. I love you until something, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not yeah. love. For me, it's so, we're so transactional and it's so easy for us to get up and walk away and say, I'm over it. I'm not yeah. dealing with you anymore. Mm-hmm. We have to find a better way. And yet, Fahim was telling me, somebody called uh, Solomon Jones show. What did she say, Fahim? Because you got to tell this. I can't even repeat this stuff. What did she say after we had our conversation last week, Cherie? She called Solomon Jones show and made some comment about not wanting men to open up doors for her, blah, 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 blah. You remember that, Fahim? Oh, yes, yes. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, it was, a, um, it was a whole conversation, um, I guess, about how, I guess, the g- gender roles are starting to change and basically, like, a lot of women, this is, and this is, you know, younger women, typically, uh, they, they're they seeing men doing basic things of what we just call being a gentleman or, you know, being chivalrous or whatever as a form of sexism. So it's like, mm. you're, you're doing this for so me you because open up my door and right, you're, you're doing this for me because you see me as weaker than you instead of it, instead of it being just how we show that we care. And the part that was getting me was when we were trying to rebuttal and I'm telling her, I'm like, no, when a man does this for you, it's because he, he sees value in you. He cares about you. You know, he sees, you know, sees you as a queen. So we think you're too good to be doing this type of stuff. She was saying, no, it's not because of that. It's because of this. And I'm like, you're talking to a man. Like <laughs> you, you're telling a man what a man is thinking. Like that's, that's kind of, you know, that, that's, that's the, the roadblock that we, we run into you. You have in your head what a, what a man thinks when a man is telling you <laughs> what he thinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have we have we come so far that we've lost each other now? Is that where we are? Is it going to be that good relationships are an anomaly? That long lasting relationships are an anomaly. I, I I think we're in a in a society where being uh, single is glamorized. That's kind of a new thing is being single and just having fun. Uh-huh. I, I find this to be really interesting. So there's going to be a new an article coming out about Mr. and I tomorrow about his because because of the secretary of whatever of defense having prostate cancer and Charles has an enlarged prostate and a couple of other black men died of prostate cancer. They wanted to hear his journey. And he kept saying to the reporter. I could not have done this without my wife. She was there the entire time from the time I said my PSA had increased to the time I had the biopsy to the time I went into surgery. And so the reporter said to me, well, what are you? And I tried to tell her, we, 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 when we get into these relationships, it is not just to take pictures and be glamorous and to show up on the web or show up in newspapers or show. It is about real life ish. That we yeah. don't seem to have people be willing to deal with. We wanted, we wanted to, which is the prince's point. I got a bunch of money. I don't have to deal with you having fibroids. I can't go find somebody that don't have fibroids. But what does that say about us and who we are as people and the relationships that we do or don't have? What does that say about us? Yeah. Y'all don't have no answer for me today, do you? <laughs> oh, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm listening. To you. No, I mean, um, that is so true because, you know, and the interesting thing about that comment is for men that have money, if you don't want to be with someone who has fibroids, a lot of women have fibroids, like a lot of black them. So you may be going from one to another. You know, that's why you just have to find, uh, attract the person that, you know, you're aligned with and that you love because, and you want to make sure that if the money runs out, she's there 
still because then you got that too. Um, and you know, I, oh, I, just, I, I am concerned about the state of where we're at as far as love and relationships. I recognize that a lot of people don't have really good role models. I've had people reach out to me and just say, how do you, you know, how do you attract these relationships? I mean, I have such amazing you and Mr. I mean, like on my friendship circle, um, both here and West, um, I think in my head, I just really, you know, attracted and manifested and known the type of life that I wanted to live. And I just, anything that doesn't fit that, especially as I've grown and matured, anything that doesn't fit that, I just don't give it a lot of energy. Anything that does not fit this, uh, the, the environment and the community that I want to create, I just don't, I don't give it a lot of energy because um, there are, there just are some broken people. So, you know, from my purview, I think we are in a good space for relationships where they're going to be strong because I'm surrounded by them. And that's what my children see in me and Tracy and what they're trying to create for them and for their children. And that's what my little glam babies, my glam babies see me and pop pop and they're going to be my, they're going to see me as I saw my grandparents in a very strong and traditional family you know what I'm concerned about is all those around them you know we're you know we we are everything is like there's fluidity of gender and so many different things that I think that there's some bound and I think everyone should, should live as they choose so don't get me wrong on that but I think what that does is that there's some some boundaries that are blurred and some, you know, roles and responsibilities that are blurred. You know, if for nothing else, men protect just because of the species, they are the stronger of us. If for nothing else, just at our basic, you know, physiology, like they are the stronger of the two of us. And that is not to mean that all burden goes on them, but that is definitely to mean that they are better positioned to protect us. Um, and so any, any, any woman who, who, does not want that. I, I question, you know, why you don't believe you are deserving or worthy of that. And what what burden have you put on your back to think that you have to kind of do this alone or be, you know, at the forefront. And and I and I hope that we evolve so that we understand that we deserve, and I won't say the soft life because I think that is a little polarizing, but we deserve certain elements of our life to be with ease. And as, as, as much as I work to make sure the restaurant is successful and Tracy's other businesses are successful, there's still a moment of him making sure that I'm making time for myself and him making sure that he, we're making time for each other. So, you know, I hope especially Black women recognize their value and that they should and can have a life that um, gives them some le- some amount of leisure and that whoever and however, whoever they attract in it encourages that. We have, uh, uh, Fahim, have you ever heard about a polyamorous, polyamorous relationships? Yes, yes. Okay. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about our younger people who are getting into these relationships where they have it's one man, six women, six women, three men, whatever. And they're just all intermingling. And, you know, the case of herpes and, and genital herpes and uh, gonorrhea and all that other stuff is going up into the atmosphere. But our younger folks, some of them are believing that they, they're not designed to just be in one relationship. It's not just the men. It's the women, too. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about 
are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We will be back with the final segment of The Source and the Love is segment right after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to the final segment of The Source today on WURD, Progressive Black Thought Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Marva. <laughs> I'm with you Monday through Friday from 5 to 7 a.m. Uh, before we went to break, uh, I asked uh, Cherie and Fahim to talk about this. So let me give you an overview Polyamory is a form of ethical or consensual non-monogamy that involves having a romantic or sexual relationships with multiple partners at the same time. Ethical or consensual non-monogamy describes relationships in which all parties are aware of and consent to practice non-monogamy. So I'm in a relationship with you and you come to me and say, baby, 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 I love you, but uh, you know. I'm in love with uh, Boo Boo down the corner and Ethel Ethel up the street. And I'd like to have your consent to be in a relationship with both these women. And you can join us, too, if you want to. I just don't think it's natural for me to be in one relationship with one person or the woman saying the same thing. Your thoughts, black people? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You want to go first? Yeah, I I know. I actually know a couple people in that lifestyle. And to me, when they break it down, like it. To me, it just sounds like kind of a, a rebranding of what cheating of what we well, that is basically approved cheating. But um, mm-hmm. it's, to me, it seems like a rebranding of what we saw in well, this was before I was born. So I'm, I can't remember if it was like the 60s or the 70s. But uh, when the whole free love thing, like free love. Hippies, yeah. yeah, like what the, what the hippies were doing with all, you know, Woodstock, mm-hmm. it seems like it's a, a rebranding of that. It's just this whole like, you know. Love is just fluid and, you know, can't be contained with just one person type of thing. That That's all it's like they want to, again, it goes back to like kind of glamorizing the single life. It's like you you want the benefits of a relationship as far as, you know, the the companionship, like you got somebody at home that you can spend time with and, you know, cuddle with and do things with and all, all that type of stuff. But when you're not together and you're out and about, you're still free to talk to somebody else. You know, well, like my husband said they call them swingers in marriages. They call them swinging. Right. So you're in a marriage and you're like, I just want to go out and have this, this, mm-hmm. this and this. And I'll bring, you know, wife. You can if you either agree with me and go swinging with me or, you know, and they go out to different places and they meet other couples and they swing to the left and swing to the right and mm-hmm. swing to the center. And everybody's just swinging and having. But somebody often get their feelings hurt when they want to stop the swinging lifestyle. And then what? Well, see, Where are we? Well, see, that that's a little different. Like swingers, they, they do stuff together as a couple with other people. The polyamorous mm-hmm. thing is like it's literally a separate life like like you like you're at home with mister but then you also have another mister somewhere else like y'all like y'all have a, a separate independent relationship so it's, it's or, you can have, or you can all be in the same home yeah together. yeah so yeah sometimes yeah sometimes they can be in the same same home too but uh yeah it's, it's, it's i can't miss i can barely manage me much less another mister. <laughs> we're like what but but that could be that could be why he want, would want us somebody else so that he has an opportunity to have a whole experience you know for me 
I'm gonna let live. I'm gonna let live. and I and I grew up in the '70s, so I remember bra burning and all the things. Um, I am a I was born in 1970. Uh, I feel like as long as there's real conversation, I let people live their lives um, because ultimately, if you're happy and that makes you happy. Um, I think people should talk about someone talking about sexually transmitted diseases. I mean, I think that there should be open conversations. I think you should be getting tested no matter what. Right. So it doesn't matter whether you're polyamorous or Or monogamous. um, Everyone still needs to stay up on what their their sexual health is. Um, We don't do that often enough. Um, but if everyone is aligned and that's what you really want to do, then shoot, be happy. I mean, why, who am I to, you know, decide who's in your bed? I, I think, you know, be happy, um, because evidently you've agreed to this lifestyle. Now, one thing I would caution against, or one thing I wouldn't be open to is if I was already married and then someone introduced that and then I felt, um, inclined or needed to, or felt pressured to stay in it. Uh, I would I would prefer if I were a single to be having conversations and then we align and we agree. And as long as everyone can do what they want to do and, and, and no one feels like they've gotten hurt, then go for it. The issue becomes someone either gets jealous or someone feels an obligation to stay in those types of relationships because they feel that they'll be hurt. So you just have to know you. And if you can handle what comes with those multiple relationships. Um, I mean, there's religions that practice that in some capacity and not everyone, not everyone consents really, you know, when you're looking at some of these, some of, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Mormons used to practice, uh, but the women could not. Well, we are not Mormons. We're black folk. That are we are. In Philadelphia. We are. So well, the, the thing that is concerning is that we have these conversations and we said we want love and we want to settle down. And I've never seen a relationship like this last a long, long, long time. And, and, you know, that comes at a cost. Someone sacrifices something. Yes. You know, someone sacrifices something. So, you know, as long as you understand the cost and the potential collateral damage, you know, I am not one to judge yeah, someone how they decide. Yeah, I also heard that, um, you know, uh, when it was explained to me that it's not always about uh, sex either. Like in some situations, um, like if somebody has multiple partners, they're not necessarily sleeping with all the partners. It's it's supposed to be a way, I guess, out of um, because, you know, sometimes in a relationship, we expect the person we're with to be everything to us, like everything that I'm interested in. I, you know, I, I expect you to be interested in as well, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so, so they say it's a way where it's like, you know, I guess you have like a person to accommodate each of your areas. All like, your needs. Yeah, like, like if I'm, if I'm an extremely extroverted person, like I love going out, I love being in the crowd, I love being in the mix, but you're introverted. It's unfair to me to try to pull you into extroverted. Uh, situations because you're with me, you're supposed to be my partner. So you, even though it makes you uncomfortable, you're supposed to do it. Like, no, I just find myself an extroverted person for those moments. Yeah. So when I want to go to the guys. big party yeah. of the concert, I call Latoya and you can stay home <laughs> and me and Latoya go to the concert. You know what I'm saying? Like that, it, it sounds crazy, but that's how it was broken down to me. Yeah. Oh, black Jesus. Yes. I mean, there's cultures and there's countries and, and again, religions that don't, that, that practice some form of. I think, I mean, in my opinion, 
in my opinion, I think they created this this name to make it an ethical form of cheating, right? Like we're doing, you're, you're with different partners and that you're getting your partners to agree with it. And there's some women who are highly sexualized who were like, all right, you want to do that, but I'm going to be over here doing this. So you have to make those decisions. But I, you know, I want you to, when you make those decisions to sit in them and figure out if this is where you want to be the rest of your life, because once somebody gets pregnant or somebody catches a disease or something, then things start to go haywire and we are where we are, which is why I think a lot of these, um, these shows, these reality TV based TV shows, I'm like, well, we are here acting like this for real. Is this acting for the television or are we, what? No, there's a lot of people sitting in meetings, pointing their fingers and rolling their head and rolling their eyes and carrying on like a nut out here in these Wakandan streets. So we're getting ready to, to wind down from this part of the show. Because, you know, this this was a little heavy for me today. Um, I said to, I said to Mr. Mr. was like, ah, I'm there. I said, I told Mr. one time years ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to divorce. She said, well, tell your next husband that I come as a part of the package. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. He's like, we in this forever, my darling. We go, and, and not in a, a controlling way, because if you know my husband, then you know, you know, I do what I need to do, what I want to do. But we love each other so much that it, it's, a, it's a good, comfortable space for us, right? But we, some folks are just not there and people are miserable. So we are finding people who are dying and the wife shows up in the church and the girlfriend is behind her four or five seats. Cause you know, she'd been his girlfriend for 35 years. So it's polyamory. <laughs> except the wife didn't know, right? Or except uh, the husband didn't know. But we've been doing this since the beginning of time. Truly. Truly. Um, what's happening at, at Booker's that we need to know about, darling? So, you know, we have Valentine's Day coming up. So Valentine's Day is on Wednesday the 14th. We have an amazing, amazing menu. And we got music. We'll be both at the restaurant and the lounge next door. So that's going to be really great. And then right after Valentine's Day, we're going to shift into um, our Black History menu. So featuring those. And we have a lot of food that is traditionally, you know, um, um, a black history, you know, oxtails and all those things where we've added some black eyed peas and kale. Uh, we'll have some fried green tomatoes. We'll have some different things like that here and there. So really excited. And we'll have some, um, we're doing um, a cocktail refresh this weekend. We have someone coming in to help us do that. So we'll have your X Factors and your Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and all those drinks. So that we're excited about Valentine's Day doing our first one. And, um, the Black History menu, for sure. Right. Paying homage for a cuisine that people put together out of scraps. Like, uh, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Okay. High off the hog. That's what I'm thinking. So we'd like to, I'd like <laughs> to bring Mr. to come and experience uh, the Black History menu. I think it's still too soon to bring him out for, in among a crowd of people. For yeah, wait. Kind of so go, yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. wait, you know, I'll wait a little bit. But thank you. Thank you so much, my sister. Always a pleasure. Where can they find bookers? They can find Vickers at 5021 Baltimore Avenue in Philadelphia, PA. Is this still the, the, the whatever percentage off if they come in and say that? Oh, Word Thursdays is Word Thursdays. You know, our people get our 15% off of Word Thursdays. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you'd like to add, uh, Fahim, before we get off the air? Uh, no, we're, we're all good. We're all good. We're all good. <laughs> Listen, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being willing to delve into the topics that a lot of people will not touch for whatever reason. Um, and next week, I'm hoping we can get Fahim's guest on. She's a lawyer to help uh, men talk about child support, right? What does that look like when they go through the court system? And, you know, we're really trying to give them a, a leg up on 
how to navigate through all of that because it can be very traumatic for them. So hopefully we'll have her next week on. Uh, coming up next is Wake Up With Word with Solomon. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 